an experienced keynote speaker, author, and performance coach, Alan Stein has been helping business leaders change their behaviors through customized programs. He's a dynamic storyteller and presenter, and I know I've benefited from his lessons. We'll be discussing some of those proven principles on today's show, and you can learn how to raise your game. I'm Paul Blanco, and this is Small Steps, Big Wins. Good morning, everyone, and I, uh, I'm i really excited today to have someone that we've used so much at Barnum as a coach and a speaker, and he's impacted so many lives here, and he's done that in so many other places in the in the world and the communities. I have a good friend here, Alan Stein, and uh, Alan, how are you this morning? I'm fantastic, Paul. It's so great to be with you. Thank you, and I appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, I'm really looking forward to our dialogue today. And you know, so I want to say the first time we met, it's probably about five years ago, and you came and spoke here. And at that time, you had just launched your book, How to Raise Your Game. And, you know, you started to talk about it. And I thought about so many things that you said. So I said, let me make a couple of notes for myself today and go in. But how important is it to understand what you can and can't control. And that was a big premises of things that you coach on. Oh, it absolutely is. It's it's really the foundation of high performance. It's the foundation of productivity. It's the foundation of fulfillment. I mean, really, for me to stay focused on the things I have control over and learn to somewhat accept, relinquish, and surrender the things I don't is at the epicenter of every single area of my life. And I'm of the belief that really there's only two things we have absolute control over 100% of the time, and that's our own effort and our own attitude. And I know there's spokes off of that wheel. I mean, things like preparation and enthusiasm, you know, we have control over, but those are really just a combination of effort and attitude. So being able to stay hyper-focused on what we can control so that the things that we don't control doesn't negate that uh, is really vital. And I say with a huge smile and a, a huge brush of humility, it's also one of the most difficult things to do. I mean, I constantly have to course correct and recalibrate because I find myself worried about things outside of my control. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. And I heard something the other day that plays right into effort and attitude is they tied it to Kobe Bryant, interestingly enough. And they said one of the deals he made with himself when he said, I want to be the elite was that no more negotiating with myself. Mm. And it's basically very similar to what you just said in the sense that, and so that was about three weeks ago, I heard it. And since then, certain mornings I get up and I go to the gym every day at 4.30 and I'm like, oh God, do I want to get up today and go? And I'm like, no more negotiating. And I always go, but I go, I don't, I've stopped wasting that mental energy because I know it's so important to me and I have to bring that energy and attitude to that. So oh, I love, absolutely. I love how you uh, say that, you know? No, well, I, I love the, I love the thread you're pulling on right now because really as human beings, we can negotiate and we can rationalize just about anything, even right. abhorrent behavior, you know, and it would be easy for you to rationalize and negotiate, you know, Hey, I've worked out for the last six days. It's raining. It's cold out. It's fine. If I just take today off. So 
we have to have a list of non-negotiables in our life, uh, in our relationships, in the way we approach our work, in our personal uh, self-care uh, regimen. And those non-negotiables have to be in alignment with our core values. And, and it's been my own experience that when our behavior and our beliefs are congruent, and when we live a life that is in harmony with our core values, we use our core values for our decision-making, and that becomes non-negotiable, that's when we're happiest, when we're most fulfilled, that's when we perform at our best, that's when we're most productive. So getting crystal clear on our core values, making sure that they are non-negotiable, and then constantly focusing on our effort and our attitude, if we can just do that, the vast majority of the time we're on this planet, we're going to live very good lives. Yeah. And I love how you ended that, right? It's not about being a great athlete or a great business owner. It's about having a great life. And I think that's so critical about, we try to always teach people about balance and, and having this life of everything. And you hit on so many fronts of that, as you said that. So the next one is how does someone achieve success? And is there a secret formula? I believe the very first step is defining your own success. And I think that is pivotal because if we fall into the trap of letting others define success for us, then that means we're we're kind of on somebody else's agenda and we're pursuing things that, that might not even be in alignment with our core values and our non-negotiables. So I think first and foremost, each and every one of us has to define success and it can be in measurable ways. You know, you can define success uh, through your work, through maybe your marriage or relationships. But but to me, success has a lot more to do with the person I'm becoming as opposed to the things that I'm doing or the things that I have. Um, I, I try not to concern myself with, with some of these extrinsic um, materialistic type monikers that much of society would consider successful. And instead, for me, it's about the person I'm becoming, you know, am I constantly improving and growing and evolving? Uh, am I living out and modeling my core values to the best of my ability as consistently as possible? Uh, doesn't mean perfection, but am I, am I growing and am I moving in the right direction? You know, do I have a clear vision of the man I want to be five, 10, 20, 30 years from now? And am I making decisions and exhibiting behaviors that are in alignment with that? And for me, that's my personal definition of success. But I found that if I can stay true to that definition, you know, working relentlessly to become the person that I'm capable of, if I'm doing that, then all of the other measures or traditional measures of success just start to fall in place. My relationships thrive, my business thrives, like my health and fitness thrives. So to me, it's just a matter of, of what you want to consider successful. And, and I say that, you know, it's not for me to judge what anyone else considers success. That literally is something that everyone needs to, to decide on their own and individualize for themselves. I love that. And I think when I said the secret formula, I think the secret formula is what you said is having your own definition of what a success is for you. And I think today, you know, with social media, Unfortunately, people jump around and they try to look at other people when it's really you have to look inward and decide what that is for you and your family and the people around you. So I, yeah. I really appreciate what you said. And uh, I think that's an amazing tip for people to hone in on that and then have the 5, 10, 15, but then make sure you're doing the daily things 
that build up to those things. Absolutely. Because it's the decisions we make in the present that will ultimately determine who and where we'll be in the future. And that that is really important. And you just said something so on point and so insightful there. You know, this this concept of playing the comparison game. And, you know, that's where we can fall into a, a very easy trap. And and I've been susceptible to that on on numerous occasions. You know, I've I've got this vision of, of the man that I want to become and the life that I want to lead and the values that I want to model but then I can easily get distracted and see what someone else is doing or what someone else has or what someone else has achieved. And it can make me feel less than because I don't feel that I've achieved what they've achieved or have what they have. And while I'm not immune to that, I now have the awareness that when I find my mind going in that direction, I can course correct very quickly and just remind that, hey, this person is on their journey and they're doing their thing and I should be rooting for them and encouraging them but it's not my journey. I'm on my path and I need to stay true to what it is that I believe and to my own values and that that will be enough. And, and to me, that's really the key. So we can use social media uh, in a variety of different ways that do uplift us. I mean, I, I use it to connect with people. I use it to share information that I hope others find helpful. I absolutely use it as a source to learn um, and, and grow myself but I'm very careful to put guardrails in place to make sure that I'm not using it to, as we say, compare and despair, because uh, that's not going to move you forward. I agree. And I actually said yesterday to someone, I wish like as an athlete and as someone that's an avid uh, trainer training, I wish I had Instagram when I was a kid, because you can learn, like I bought every video, every book, and now you just hit a button. And if you follow the right people, you can continue to learn and and develop faster if you use it in the right fashion. Yes. So I and, think that's really important. And having the discernment to know who adds value and whose content do you want to consume and who do you need to turn off or unfollow or unsubscribe from uh, is vital. And that, to me, what we feed our mind is just as, if not more important than what we feed our bodies. And, you know, if you're into to personal fitness and wellness, as I know you are, we're very meticulous about the foods that we eat and what we consume. We need to have that same level of discernment and care when it comes to who we follow. So for me, it's, yeah. it's very simple. I only follow people that fill my bucket and add value to my life. Now, that That's doesn't awesome. mean that I only follow people I agree with. I, I intentionally read, watch, and listen to, to people that have very different perspectives and point of views than I do because it challenges me and it it forces me to grow. It helps me open my mind up. It helps eliminate blind spots, but I make sure to eradicate anyone that's adding negativity, anyone that's gossiping, anyone that's, that's you know, complaining or blaming or making excuses or just as kind of a drain. I try to siphon myself away from those people so that the only stream I have coming in is stuff that's really going to, to nourish my mind, body, and soul. Yeah. I, I, listen, I just, uh, I just stole something from you today that I'll use forever now is, you know, feeding the body, right? People rationalize with, uh, we are what we eat, but you're also, if you think about use the gas, but for your mind, holy mackerel, that's a, that's an easy one to teach, but probably hard to execute, especially with what we said is going on in our world today. But thank you for yeah. that one. I just, uh, if you're listening right now, make sure you write that down guys, because that will be a game changer for you. When you think of energy and attitude that you started with, if your mind's not right, 
and you're feeding the wrong stuff, it's very hard to have energy and attitude. Yeah. Well, let me take it a step further, please. In our lives and in our work, and I know in your work in particular, everybody's measured by their outputs. You know, you're measured by sales, you're measured by numbers, you're measured by your productivity and outputs are incredibly important. But what dictates our outputs are our inputs. inputs. It's the things that we we consume. And so who we spend our time with, what we choose to read, watch, and listen to directly affects the thoughts we have, our perspectives, our beliefs, and our ability to, to produce. So any time in my life where I feel like my outputs are getting stagnant, you know, the, the, the stuff I'm putting out into the world is starting to flatline. The very first thing I do is I jumpstart my inputs. I make sure I start reading, watching, and listening to, to new innovative stuff. I make sure I start to surround myself with new and different people that have different perspectives that will challenge me. So we really do need to, to use that analogy of, you know, if, if you want a healthy and fit body, then you need to eat nutritious food. If you want a healthy and fit mind, then you need to do the same. You need to feed it with, with healthy stuff. And um, that is where social media, um, if used correctly, uh, can be a major pillar. Because as you said, 20, 30 years ago, you know, we were somewhat relegated uh, to books and, and movies on VHS and cassette yeah. tapes. Uh, and now there is just no There's shortage access. of information. And I mean, I still remember vividly being a child and my parents having the Encyclopedia Britannica, which yep. if you wanted to learn anything, I mean, talk about old school. You went and found that, you know, that letter of what you were looking up and you had to, I mean, now we just literally type something in a search engine and it's click like it and we have stuff for days. And we, we need to use that responsibly, though, um, the same way we need to be able to, to eat responsibly. I agree. And thank you for that. And I think that uh, it's interesting what you just said about the, you know, having more input when you get like maybe when you're trying to up your game or raise your game, I should say. But, you know, I go through the same thing, but I almost have it the reverse way. What I end up doing is I'm taking so much in that sometimes I put a moratorium on what I'm taking in because I have a knack to see things and figure out how to execute it in my business. And sometimes I have to say, all right, I got a moratorium on reading today or this week because I got too many things going on and I got to narrow it down to the things that I want to execute. So on that point, you know, I had someone early in my career say something to me and they said, you have to be brilliant at the basics. Okay. And it was in business and it was in this business. Right. And, you know, when I first met you, you talk about that, you know, you talk about the basics and how staying focused on them. And you also talk about how sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. Give me, you know, why it's important, why you can't skip them and why it's hard. In most areas of our life, complexity undermines execution. The, the more complex we make things, um, the harder it is to actually put them into practice. So for me, as I get older and have more maturity and life experience, uh, I'm just trying to simplify everything in my life uh, as much as possible. Now, one of the main distinctions that I make is that just because something is basic, it doesn't mean it's easy. Uh, people often use those words as if they're interchangeable, but they're not synonyms. They don't mean the same thing. What it takes to run a thriving business or to, to be a loving partner is very basic in premise, 
but is not easy to do. So it's important that we know the difference between the two. But for me, you know, as I get older, my life is not about adding more stuff. It's more about untethering and letting go of things so that all that's left are the basics and the fundamentals and the core principles and the values and so forth, uh, because everything else can just be a distraction, can just be noise. You know, I mean, that is one of the downsides of social media. I mean, we've we've just talked about the positives of social media and how we can use it to uplift our lives. Um, but there's also a downsize and a downside. And I think that number one downside uh, is distraction. You know, it gets us, it steals and robs our focus off of the things that we want to put it on. And I'm a, a firm believer that the basics, the fundamentals are the foundation to which everything else is built. And this is true in business. This is true in relationships. This is true with our, our fitness and our self-care that working towards mastery of the fundamentals primarily during the unseen hours yep. is what will provide the foundation for everything else in your life. And uh, you know, if you're, if your goal is to continue to evolve and grow and improve you know, you don't just do that by trying to tackle advanced techniques and and so forth. You do that by working towards mastery of, of the handful of basics. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in getting clarity and having awareness. So, you know, there's different silos that we have in our life. So, you know, if, if you want to be really good in the, the financial space, you have to ask yourself, what are the handful of basics and fundamentals that if I were to master these, it will give me the opportunity to be incredibly productive in this space. But then you can ask yourself the same question in your marriage. Like what are the fundamental building blocks of having an intimate relationship with another human being? Yeah. And then stick to those. And it's been my own life experience as well as my observation of others that when we start to drift away from the basics or we lack the humility to think we still need the basics, then things start to unravel and we start to see our performance you know, decline, which is why most people need to end up going back to the basics. And I've had to do that several times. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, but my goal is to never leave them in the first place, because if my answer to my problem is to get back to the basics, then I'll save myself a tremendous amount of heartache and headache by not leaving the basics in the first place. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, as you're saying it, I'm kind of laughing to myself because, um, I'm a big believer in that and everything I've done in business and an athlete, I try to just, I almost make it that I'm not even thinking about them because I've done them so much that I just keep, it's just part of life. But as an athlete and then coming into this business, growing this business, I never missed the gym day. And then as I got into my late twenties and my early thirties, it was, I had to switch to the mornings because I used to go at night or in the middle of the day, then you have a family then I would some days too tired. I got home late. All of a sudden the suits are not fitting good. Pants are not. I'm yelling at my wife, Mindy saying, Hey, you're shrinking all my stuff. You know? So I made a deal with myself 25 years ago that I will never, ever miss a gym day if I'm physically possible to do it. And it's a basic of my life and it sets up everything else in life. So I love how you're talking about the basics as the building block of everything else you want to accomplish. So uh, I appreciate that. So let's switch gears for a second though. Sure. One thing I admired about you when I first met you was it's every single quarter and I might be off on this, but I think it's every single quarter you do something unique or different to challenge yourself. So you almost put something out there and you say, all right, 
I'm going to work 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is. And I know you do this race every year and you've just, you do that. But also the last time you spoke, I learned that you're only training maybe three, four days. So does that change when you have these quarterly goals or tell me why you do them and give me an example of one of them? No, I appreciate you bringing this up. It, this is something I've really tried to focus on for, you know, the last several years. Uh, and that was definitely heightened during the pandemic where sure. there were periods of time where, you know, the the world was so disrupted that I didn't have anything to do but have my eyes on the prize, if you will. I like having something on my calendar to look forward to. But I like having something on my calendar that I actually have to, to train for. And for me, if I can do something two, three, four times a year, that's um, going to take me out of my physical, mental, and emotional comfort zone and is going to require some level of discipline and preparation to be ready for that type of event, that's something that, that keeps me inspired, that keeps me focused. I mean, very similar to yourself, fitness has been a major part of my life, my entire life. I mean, my first third of my life, I identified as and was an actual competitive athlete, was able to play basketball all the way up through Elon University. But then when I graduated, I still identified as an athlete, but by definition, I wasn't one because I no longer had a jersey and I wasn't playing for anyone. So I wanted to find ways to compete and to continue to, to grow and improve in that area. And, you know, as I've gotten older, that's been harder to do just to manufacture out of thin air. So for me, having something concrete on the calendar that I need to train for. And, you know, a few of these examples, I've I've done a couple ultra marathons. Um, I hiked rim to rim of the Grand Canyon. Uh, I did a, a 24-hour Navy SEAL simulated experience. I've done some running team relays. So something that physically will require me to prepare, but then as you know so well, that also requires uh, some mental and emotional preparation too. And it's also fun because I find that at these types of events, you meet other really inspiring, cool people that that have very similar core values to what you and I have. So, so many of these events, I've I've ended up making friends and people that I still to this day keep in touch with. So at present, as we're recording this, uh, I've got a, a team relay in West Virginia coming up this summer. There's eight of us on the team and we each run several different legs of a trail. Oh, uh, awesome. And I think we cover like 250 miles collectively in like a 24 hour period, but it's like, I run eight miles and then I hand the baton to you and you run six and a half miles and then you hand it to the next person. Um, so there's a team building component, but that's kind of what I'm training for at present. It's awesome. And, and what I love is, is that, that discipline, that all the stuff you're gaining through that is what you're carrying into your business and, and helping you to stay focused on your game every single day. So uh, really good stuff. And, Guys, listen, if you follow Alan on Instagram, he puts these on there and I have a need that's not uh, responding really well right now. So I'm very jealous of what you're doing and I want to get back to that. So uh, it's, I'm working very hard on rehab and so I could maybe join one of those events with you one of these oh, days. Man, that would be amazing. I would love yeah. that. And, you know, looking at I'll the pick an easy one to start. Hey, that sounds great. And, and easy is just in the eye of the beholder. I mean, all of True. these things be somewhat challenging. Um, so, you know, for me, so as I mentioned, after this recording, we have a beautiful day here in Washington, DC. I'm going to go out and go for a run. It will be the first outdoor run that I've done in I think four months. 
So for the last four months, I've changed my training up. I've been doing a ton uh, on the stair climber. Uh, I've been doing some sprint intervals on the treadmill. I've been doing some of the rowing, but I had been doing so much running for these events that that my body and my mind sure. needed a break. So I gave, I did some cross training. I stopped outdoor awesome. running for a while to try something different. And, and I kind of ebb and flow in and out of these things. Like when I was preparing for uh, the Navy SEAL experience, I, I wasn't lifting very many weights. I was doing a ton of calisthenics and body weight stuff to prepare tons of lunges and planks and pull-ups and push-ups uh, and things to prepare for that specific event. And then once I did it and that was in the books, then I started to switch my training. So it also helps me keep things fresh. Um, yep. I love routine and I love structure, but I don't want my, my self-care routine to be on autopilot to the point where it's, it's just mundane and it's just boring. So training for these different events also keeps things fun and fresh, which is well, really- Well, I also think it helps your body to respond differently because once it gets bored or used to something, just like any business, you have to continue to evolve and grow. And yes. I think that's a big deal. So going back to uh, business, you know, there you talk about the performance gap. What is the performance gap in your eyes? A performance gap is the gap between what we know and what we do. Uh, it is literally the gap. And we have these in every area of our life. I mean, they're, they're incredibly obvious in business, but they happen in our relationships. They happen with our, our personal self-care routines. But it is the gap between what we know we should be doing to be the best version of ourselves, and then what we actually do. And it is part of the human condition. Every single one of us has a series of performance gaps in different areas of our life. But it's been my experience that the highest performers in any walk of life have found a way to narrow that performance gap in their specific area of expertise to a razor's thin edge. They do the stuff that they know they need to do to be the best versions of themselves. And, and really, you know, uh, on a macro level, that's the work that I try and do every day of my life is narrow the performance gap. Do the things in my relationships that I know I need to do. Do the things for my personal wellness and self-care that I know I need to do. Do the things when I'm serving clients and for my business that I know I need to do. And, and if I can progressively close each and every one of those gaps, then I know I'm making progress. So let's, I'll use me as an example. If, if I come to you and you are coaching me and I'm struggling or I hit that ceiling of complexity and you look at my performance gap and maybe I'm not doing some of the things that I should be. And that's where this ceiling is coming in and some of the gaps. So what advice would you give me? Well, the very first thing I do is make sure that we bring that to your awareness. Awareness is always the first step to improvement. And that's because we'll never improve something we're unaware of and we'll never fix something that we're oblivious to. So, so this almost self-sabotaging behavior you're exhibiting might be something you're doing completely unconsciously. You don't even realize you're doing it. So as we, you know, in this example, as we would get acquainted with, with your performance and the things that you're doing, I would want to bring that to a level of awareness and be able to say, hey, Paul, you know, you should be doing this. You haven't been doing this. So apparently there's some type of of barrier there. And we need to be aware of that. And that in and of itself is a huge win. Like anytime we can be aware that we are doing things or that our behavior is not congruent with our beliefs, that is a major victory because now it's on the table. Now it's in, it's in eyesight and we can start to take steps to improve it. And once we've established and have the humility and vulnerability to acknowledge, 
I do have a performance gap. There is this barrier, this, this thorn in my paw, if you will. Now we can take steps to actually remove it so that things will be much more fluid. That's uh that's great. And it's interesting when I think of it, it reminds me, I, I did a program called the strategic coach back in the late nineties and he taught a thing called the gap. And I don't know if you ever heard it, but what it basically was is he asked any entrepreneurs here that get down and stressed out and, you know, feel like they're not successful. And I raised my hand and it used to happen to me at the end of every year. I, I hit my goal by Thanksgiving and now I'm on to the next goal, but obviously I can't hit that because I need a whole nother year and I would get down. And he said, the best entrepreneurs have this gap, but the way you fix it is just being aware of it and it's not going away, but I know how to manage myself now and say, okay, six, you know, reward yourself for what you accomplished and just know that there's a gap between you and the next goal. Cause it's just time is out there. So, but what you just said, it's all about self-awareness. And I love that. Yes. Oh no. And, and, and one of the keys is counterintuitive as this may sound. One of the keys to improving self-awareness is making sure that we insulate ourselves with people that we trust respect, and that we know care enough about us to help us see our blind spots and help us improve our self-awareness. Like we actually need others to improve our ability to accurately evaluate uh, ourselves and reflect on ourselves because people will see things in us from a slightly different perspective. So a, a perfect example may be, you know, I may think I'm a really good listener, you know, that, that, that I'm fully present, that I'm not distracted, that I'm actively listening to what someone else is saying. And that might be my evaluation of myself. But if you were to ask three or four people that were really close to me and they feel differently, if they say, no, I, you know, Alan has a lot of trouble staying focused. He he's often distracted. I, I talk to him and I don't feel like he's present. You know, I, I feel like he's always waiting to talk instead of actually listening to what I'm saying. If that's their evaluation, then in that instance, that would mean I have pretty low self-awareness. You know, I'm viewing myself as a world-class listener, and yet the people closest to me acknowledge that I'm not. That shows I have a gap in my, my awareness. And if they care enough about me to, to tell me that, to tell me the honest truth, to, to help expose these blind spots, then and only then can I make some improvement. You know, if, if you were to ask me if I'm a good listener and I say, you know, Paul, it's really an area of opportunity of growth for me. I'm, I'm not near the listener that I'm capable of. And then you were to ask the people closest to me and they would agree and say, yeah, Alan really needs to get better at that skill set. That would actually mean I have very high self-awareness. I'm aware of the fact that listening is an area that I need to improve. And it's something that will help me strengthen every relationship in my life. So it's of vital importance. But yeah, we need to be able to, to not live life in isolation and very carefully curate the people that are around us so they can help us improve this self-awareness. And the last thing I'll say on self-awareness very similar to physical fitness, which I know you and I share a love for. Self-awareness is something that's that's evergreen. It's constant. It's not something that you arrive at, you know, just like with physical fitness. If, if you try to put your flag in the ground and announce to the world, hey, everyone, I'm physically fit. And then every day forward, you stop eating healthy, you stop getting good sleep and you yeah, stop gone. exercising. Yeah, you'll no longer be physically fit. It's gone. Well, it's the same thing with self-awareness. 
we're all constant works in progress. We're all under construction. You know, I can't put my flag in the ground and say, hey, everyone, I'm self-aware and stop doing the internal work and stop letting my inner circle, you know, creating a safe space for my inner circle to share with me because then I'll no longer be self-aware. And just like with physical fitness, it's been my experience that self-awareness kind of ebbs and flows. There's some days that I'm just much more aware and, and in tune with the universe In other days, I'm a little bit foggy and I'm a little bit off my game. So even as a a regular human being, it can still just ebb and flow. Yeah. And as as you were talking earlier on the self-awareness, I thought it's important for people, if you're building a team here, if you're running a firm or you have people around you, you want people that are willing to tell you what your blind spots are and where you, if everyone's just saying, yes, 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 boss, and that's a way not to grow. So as we come to a close here, Alan, you know, two books now, you know, speaking, you're all over the place. Your, your business is way more diverse and you're trying to live this balanced life. And I think you are, I mean, with what you're doing with your family and and your girlfriend and all the stuff that you got going on in your life, challenging yourself each day, what's next. And, you know, what are you thinking for yourself? Well, I, I appreciate your kind words, man. This was such a fun conversation. I have felt so much alignment with with you and your life philosophy and your perspective and your leadership style since that day we met just about five years ago. Yes. Um, so I, I really appreciate your kind words. And, you know, similar to the self-awareness, some days I think I do a pretty good job of everything that you just described and some days not so much. I mean, it. Uh, I, I always make this disclaimer, whether on stage or on page, that everything that we've been talking about, everything I share in my keynotes, everything I share in my books, I'm not coming from a place of mastery. These are all still areas that I'm working to improve uh, and working to evolve. Now, I've made some great progress. And I'm incredibly proud of the progress I've made. And I'm very optimistic about the direction that I'm going, uh, but it's still a a work in progress. And, And for me, just continuing to work on the basics, continuing to focus on the things I have control over, continuing to tighten the screws and, and all of these areas of my life. I mean, I want to be a great boyfriend. I want to be a very active and present father. Uh, I want to over-deliver for all of my clients and the audiences that I serve is definitely a balancing act. And, and I think what is helping me, and this is this has been a challenge, is giving myself some grace and some space and some compassion to be less than perfect, to acknowledge that I've got flaws, I'm fallible, I'm going to say and do some boneheaded things at times. But as long as I'm I'm learning from those experiences, as long as I'm surrounding myself with people that care enough to hold me accountable to a very high standard of excellence, then I'll continue to progress. And I'm. it's not lost on me how fortunate I am to, to have my health, to have a family I love and care about, to do work that I consider meaningful you know, I, I want to just keep this thing going in the right direction. Uh, I don't know exactly where or what I'll be doing in 5, 10, 20 years from now. But as long as I'm staying true to these core values and principles, then I know wherever I end up, I'll be all right. Well, listen, I know uh, you're going to keep tightening the screws, but you're crushing it. I'm super proud of you and where you're going and what you're building and the impact you're making. Our mission at Barnum is to impact as many lives as possible. And, you know, being around you, watching what you're doing, you're you're living that mission every day and impacting lives and uh, proud to call you a friend, Alan. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, I look forward to, if you didn't grab Alan's books, grab his books, 
follow him. He's a, uh, he's a beast and doing a great job. So uh, thanks again, Alan, and have a great rest of the day. Enjoy the run. Thanks. My pleasure. You too, buddy. You got it. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.